Welcome to episode number 38 of Corner of Hunter and George, Peterborough's Art and Cultural Podcast. One of my favorite events of the year, certainly one of the top, or the top, winter event for me is our Reframe Film Festival, which we're quite fortunate to have. It is back with us in 2023, from January 26th to February 3rd. I thought I would give you a preview of this by talking about it with Kate Duick, the festival director. Uh, Virtual passes are available now on reframefilmfestival.ca and standalone tickets, at least as I'm speaking, are not there yet, but should be coming out soon. Reframe is a celebrated documentary film festival with an emphasis on social and environmental justice, film and media art. Local, national, and international films are shown. I was blown away by some of the films last year, such as Sisters with Transistors, about the pioneers of female pioneers in electronic music, and Street Gang, the epic Sesame Street film for a 1970s kid like me. But there were many others, including some local films I really loved. Anyway, here is my discussion with Kate Duick, discussing, among other things, the format for this year's festival. And I hope you enjoy. Nice to meet you. Likewise, at long last. (laughs) Yes, Yes, yes. Hope you're feeling okay. Yes, much better. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good. It's just, so many folks are coming down with all sorts of things. It's just, I guess, t- tis the season. <laughs> yes, maybe a season like we've never seen before, really. But, uh, but uh, it, yeah. It appears to be going that way. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, not, not the best time to be sick either, but uh, as in getting like uh, treatment, but hopefully that's. Uh, Hasn't been an issue for you anyway, but, uh, not, no, not for me. (laughs) Okay. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess, uh, part inspired me to have you on is because even though there's a lot of things to pick from, probably one of my favorite artistic events of the year in Peterborough is the reframe film festival. And, um, it's, I really enjoyed it, uh, last year, even though it was like obviously in a different format. But, um, I guess to take a step back with you, uh, you were at Showplace for more than a decade. And I guess, um, what was, what was that like? As in, uh, what were you kind of most proud of or what important things you think you learned from that experience? Hmm. Great question. I think, well, in fact, I know what I'm most proud of from that experience is, oh, no. 
is um, the incredible community of volunteers at Showplace Performance Center and my role in helping to um, create and tend to that community as uh, the volunteer coordinator there. We had almost 250 volunteers. It was sort of around that number at all times and um, was just consistently humbled by and blown away by the community of folks there and um, the cohesiveness and the reliability and the loyalty and the diversity of of folks that contributed to that project um, who are still going strong um, after all mm-hmm. of the challenges of the last couple of years. Um, but as personal friends, um, and yeah, those, those connections and that community is absolutely what I'm most proud of. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And, um, how many of those, uh, like experiences from show place do you feel like directly, uh, affect you right now at reframe? Well, without question, the most important event to me to be engaged with at Showplace, and there were many, um, was the annual opportunity to work so closely with the Reframe team um, as the main venue of the festival uh, for so many years. I guess I did 12 seasons with Reframe, and it became almost a co-production in terms of reduction in rent um, and, you know, myself volunteering a lot of time to... um, to support the festival in any way that I could because I always believed so fervently in the work and mission uh, of the festival. The team is incredible. The volunteer community and board is so supportive and the content of the films um, being so focused on social and environmental justice um, and gorgeous media art and the way that the festival consistently linked um the important stories that were told on the screen with the advocacy work that's being done in the community through their community partnerships and linking with various organizations, um, the kinds of conversations that it sparked um, and the kind of action, kinds of action that resulted from the presentation of the films. Uh, so I, the opportunity to work with the festival through my, my tenure at Showplace was incredibly meaningful and very much led me to this position today. Okay, great. And I know you haven't been there long, but have you sort of decided with your team what sort of your main goals or mission statements are for kind of this year? Probably, probably nothing too different, but uh, no, nothing. Very little has changed and certainly for this year for a lot of reasons. Um, not the least of which is my being so green with the festival Mm -hmm. coming in, um, coming into the reframe team at the point where we're like, it's just gearing up all systems go making the actual thing come to fruition. Um, I think there may be space hopefully with the amazing team, including the board um, um, to do a little bit of re-envisioning when things settle down after the festival actually reaches, <laughs> reaches a completion or fruition. Um, very much onward, I think is the goal. Um, I don't expect our mission or will, will change at all, but we may do a bit of reimagining, um, in the quieter months of the year, which for us are typically uh, summertime. We do 
big festival stuff. And then we do furious grant writing. And then we do, okay, (laughs) (laughs) where, where are we and where do we want to be? And, um, and those kinds of things. So that's a a little ways off, uh, but we continued for sure. Okay. Um, and since you were talking about like how volunteering was such a big thing at show place have, um, I know if you, it's as much of a factor with reframe, but if you had, uh, how is that going? I guess, are you getting enough volunteers at the moment? Yes, we absolutely are. Um, reframe was started by volunteers and I still feel very strongly that volunteers are the heart of the festival. It has looked quite different, the volunteer perspective or picture for the last two years, of course, uh, with not having any, not having the capacity or the ability to have any in-person events. Um, the bustling three venue um, reframe that we know from the past that we hope to reinvigorate um, has not happened. So our volunteer team for the last couple of years has been, of course, in the form of our, our active working board and in the form of technical support uh, for folks who are accessing the festival virtually, which has been everyone engaging with the material for the last couple of years. Um, so we're starting to build our tech team for this year, and we are very much open to accepting new folks who are willing to help guide audience um, um, through the eventive platform where our festival virtual theater exists. Um, we will be having one in-person opening night event uh, this year, fingers crossed. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like it's in the best interest of the community and if we feel that we can keep folks safe for that event. Um, we will have our board on, on deck, uh, for, for helping out folks at the festival because it's just the, the, the in-person event because it's just the one evening. Um, but re-envisioning what our volunteer community will look like, uh, for what we fervently hope is a full hybrid festival next year, which is our 20th anniversary for 2024, um, will be a big project and reinvigorating, um, the important community of volunteers that has always supported Reframe. So kind of making those connections again, making new ones, um, looking at different ways that, um, our community of volunteers can can re-engage with the festival is is a very high priority for me right now I was reading about the opening night and I'll I'll get to that later but um are you saying that like for the most part at the moment the format of the festival is similar to what it was in 2022 and 2021 very much so very mm-hmm. much so so there's that we very happy to get to opening night as well as um, a really exciting mixed media um, and video installation collaborative art project that we have that will be in person mm. for the duration of the festival at Art Space oh, on Elmer nice. Street, which is an artist-run mm-hmm. remarkable um, gallery and, and art center. Um, but otherwise, yes, we did hear pretty loud and clear from our audiences that they, as much as we miss the synergy and the hustle and bustle and the, the conversations and community that happen around the in-person festival, which we really hope to revive next year, um, that the accessibility um, 
of the virtual festival, the fact that you don't have to be out in the cold in lineups, you don't have to choose between, you know, screenings that overlap, folks that are expats of the community, and in fact, anyone from across the country, from coast to coast to coast, can access the films in a more flexible way, um, that the virtual theater experience is something that people were very clear they would like to see continue and have very much enjoyed. Um, so yes, this festival will be primarily very much like what you've seen in 2022 and 21 with the cautious um, addition of some, some careful, um, carefully thought out in-person events. Right. Um, yeah, I guess like, I mean, this is happening during the time that like uh times people have been talking about the total demise of the movie theater itself. And while uh reframes different, you're not trying to like, you know, show another superhero movie and attract people in tons of, you know, tons of crowds, but uh it's uh that's maybe taken um the whole um shape or like I said, format of the festival in a new direction than what, people thought it would be three or four years ago. Very much so. It is interesting to see a lot of other festivals are pushing more towards in-person. So I I know like TIFF is back in person, hot dogs. Um, It's clear that that community of people is while, while connected is distinct from the kind of, cineplex movie going community there's something about mm-hmm. festival people and being together in community that i think is an important aspect of the experience i i personally love the idea of having both accessible it sort of means running two festivals and it also means funding two festivals mm-hmm. which is um yeah. oh. will will be a challenge to look forward to yeah. um but i i I think both formats are necessary and relevant um, for the festival going community. Okay. That's, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> uh, and now I, one other thing of your background is you've taken both gender and environmental studies, I believe. So Absolutely. how uh, did do you find that helps you kind of like almost have a natural connection to reframe like that kind of background, that kind of understanding? Absolutely. Um, the content, which is not my purview, um, the films themselves are programmed um, by our brilliant artistic director, Amy Siegel, uh, with the help of a volunteer programming committee. Um, so I, I don't curate any of the content, but I do feel that my background, um, my education, my personal passions are deeply aligned with the content that is is presented through the festival. Um, my undergraduate at Carleton was... Um, in, it was a interdisciplinary, uh, self-designed comparative politics of gender rights and development. And I was a very more, more active activist <laughs> in my, in my 20s and early 30s. Um, and my most recent piece of education is in forestry studies. Um, hmm. and my, I, th- I would say I'm most deeply aligned with um, studies in local ecology. I think it's fair to say that that is my my great passion in life. Currently, I was raised in the forest uh, just outside of Peterborough mm-hmm. by a very brilliant ecologist, and it's kind of via osmosis um, 
just in in my veins and i'm uh, yeah very very connected to this land and um the fact that the program programming committee focuses i mean social justice encompasses environmental justice of course um and the focus on including as many local films as possible uh, i think is brilliant and yeah i'm just i'm gratefully very much aligned um, with the amazing content that that Amy and the committee put together each year. Okay. Um, now, th- I think you've kind of been answering that right now, but I'm just going to ask you because uh, sometimes the definition of this can be uh, somewhat subjective. But uh, what does um, like uh, arts through a justice based lens mean to you? Uh, I think, look, I think art making and art is, is and always has been intersectional with social, environmental and political issues. Um, I think it is the job of art to make us ask important questions, um, to make us examine ourselves and our interaction with the world and um, morality and ethics and privilege um, like all, all of the sort of art studies that I've engaged in have been through say a gender and privilege lens or um, you know a race and environment perspective um, and I think more now than ever folks are realizing how intersectional all of these things are and I think art in all of its forms always always or to me is always engaged with with justice um, mm-hmm. okay. and, and with that and again the difference between these two things can be kind of blurred or kind of nuanced but uh, do you feel like what you're saying there kind of is maybe a, a difference between say arts and entertainment. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it's a, that's a, tr- that's a really tricky line. Mm-hmm. And of course, art is nothing if not ultimately subjective, which is one of the things that makes yeah. it magical. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting distinction to discuss. I don't know that I'm qualified to define what it is. Right. Well, fair enough. It's, that's, that's a big question to, to ask. But, um, now I believe another thing of your background, maybe because where you said raised outside of Peterborough and, uh, into, uh, forestry, uh, I think you have a real love for birds. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely self-confessed bird nerd. Yes. Oh, okay. birds, birds are my jam. Yeah. Ornithology, ornithology is, um, it's a realm of study and an absolute pastime and a source of deep, deep joy. Okay. And what is it, what is it about them in general? And maybe, maybe it's the kind of unspeakable, but what, what can you, what do you think you feel you love about birds in general? What was, what gives? Oh, there is just so much magic in the world, in the natural world, in the more than human world. And to me, birds represent a real, epitome um, of that magic the migration is something that absolutely blows me away um, that I'm really fascinated by the study of 
the fact that, you know, a black hole warbler who weighs, oh, three ounces or so travels from Panama to none of it. And then against all odds manages to uh, raise offspring. And then those offspring who have never flown before who have never made this journey make a totally different journey which is to go to mid-ontario then to the atlantic then to do a direct flight over the atlantic back to panama non-stop mm-hmm. not eating mm-hmm. um the color the the culture um bird song is something that makes my heart sing um uh birding by ear is is probably 90% of the birding that I and I think most field, field ornithologists do. And the the language, the beauty, the communication, the complexity, um, all of the various senses that are so different than ours, ours and thinking of how these remarkable creatures experience the world, you know, like having a a fourth primary color field and viewing the world through ultraviolet and um, navigating through the world um, during migration through sensing the earth's magnetic field through their vision. Um, And I think flight is something that has fascinated us um, since time Mm -hmm. immemorial from the lunar landing to the Wright brothers um, and um, in yeah. in our imaginings and beyond, for me, what what is not to marvel in um, mm-hmm. to birds in the springtime during the migration when oh when the warblers come back and the males are in their spring plumage and they're singing cacophonously and it's just like the trees are strung with jewels like it's mm-hmm. just it's marvelous. Mar- marveling in nature is a good way to live in the moment and to remind ourselves of just how blessed we are to be yes. here okay. on this precarious and remarkable place. And is, is it fair to say you go on any of these like kind of bird watching expeditions kind of thing? Oh, I sure do. Yeah. yeah I'm, okay. I'm, I'm very pleased that it's a quieter time for reframe. Um, when I was at Showplace during May, it was like dance competition extravaganza mm-hmm. and very, very difficult to leave one's post. So I'd get up at 4 a.m. and try and see what I could see and then head to the theater. <laughs> but I'm hoping that I will take most of my vacation during the spring, uh, migration this year and, um, yeah, I, I go to Presqu'ile. I go to Peely every year. I'm during migration. I'm I'm out every morning at dawn if I can be. Okay. Yes, I was gonna me- I was gonna mention if you've ever been to Canada's most southern point, but obviously you have there. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a different world down there. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. The, the concentration of life is just so remarkable. Yeah. Um. Now I believe you were became into acting since you were about. 14 when mm-hmm. you were we were in Havelock at that time and um I guess um I guess first of all what got you into acting itself uh I always loved literature and like I was a big Shakespeare fan when I was a little kid and um mm-hmm. uh, the play and it's written form and um 
I was very lucky uh, in the early days of the art, the integrated arts program at PCBS to be accepted as one of these rural farmed in kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so of course that drama was a really big piece of, of that high school education. And uh, I'm sure they still do. I'm sure it's much more varied, but at that time there was, um, a communally written annual theater piece where every kid in the program was involved in some capacity, whether it be performing or lights or sound editing or um, set design, costuming, et cetera, um, uh, was involved in the production um, at the end of the year. And we did, um, yeah, it was a Greek mythology based piece and I got to play (laughs) Hades from a very kind of Rocky horror picture sort of over the top. Uh, And um, I was just hooked from then and uh, very luckily got engaged with um, the union theater at the time, which is kind of mm -hmm. now the theater on King community with uh, Ryan Kerr and Kate story and that amazing team of people, but um, did lots of, um, experimental theater and community theater and professional theater. I've done four seasons with fourth line. Now I was just, just with them this past season in a principal role. And um, yeah, it's, it's too delicious not to, I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I have the opportunity to continue to, to perform in theater and locally, especially with this, this amazing community. Yeah. Right. I, 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 yeah, I did see you at fourth line uh, not too long ago. Um, do you feel like there's any significant ways it's changed since when you first started going to uh, PCVI or thing like like acting itself or the theater itself? Mm, I think we're as hopefully we are across all sectors getting better at letting folks tell their own stories and incorporating more diversity um and being a little bit more sensitive to um points of privilege and who gets to tell whose stories and making mm-hmm. space for more diverse voices i certainly i certainly see that happening really actively in the theater that i've been engaged with in recent years uh which is just thrilling okay um and did your just one last thing about your acting career? Have you ever been in any films? I wasn't quite able to figure that out. Like any short films of any sort or anything? Oh, I've oh not, nothing I care to promote. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm I'm a I'm a stage actor. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, all right. I, I would have a lot of learning to do to uh, figure out the subtleties of screen acting. I'm I I like to use my huge voice and project into big spaces and have the synergy between the audience being right there. And yeah, there's something, something about live theater. That's, that's, that feels like the right place for me. Right. Now you were saying earlier, just to your current job, like uh, with it being in the format, it's going to be, and you feel like you almost have to be like needing twice as many grants or twice as much funding as you were getting than you were before. So um, yeah, you're mentioning grants, but I guess, uh, is there any other, means you get you feel like uh, that you're looking to get financial support from for this absolutely um i'm certainly uh purchasing uh, passes and tickets is a great way that people can support the festival 
Um, mind you, uh, a meager 16% of our annual revenue is generated uh, via pass and ticket sales. Um, mm. So the vast majority of our our annual revenue is, is through grants. Um, mm. And a challenging piece around funding certainty is the great influx of COVID supports that came through um, via all levels of government for the last couple of years are disappearing. Um, mm-hmm. So looking for new new grant opportunities um, in the re-envisioning piece, trying to find ways um, of partnering uh, with corporations and businesses that still align with the ethics of, of the festival is a new avenue that needs some exploration. Um, we do get a lot of support from individual donations, which is incredibly important as a piece of revenue. Um, when folks make a purchase on uh, through our website for any pass passes or uh, tickets, there's always an option to donate. Um, mm-hmm. There's also to to the same end um, in January, there's always an option um, for pay what you can tickets um, with the importance of, of keeping the festival accessible to those who may be facing financial barrier barriers for whatever reason. Um, but those who can afford to give more, we absolutely encourage them to do so um, through our website. Uh, we can, we also accept monthly donations that are really easy to do and budget friendly. Um, whatever amount you're able to give, if it's $5 a month, um, those really add up and really help to empower the festival to do the important work that it does in the community. So if any folks that are able to give, I know everyone's looking, looking for donations these days, but um, individual donations are also a really important piece of revenue for, for reframe. Okay. I'll, I'll try and mention something about that in my, my show notes. Now, Hard to beat uh, getting enough financial support, but are there any other main challenges you feel like uh, that you've uh, that the festival faces beyond money? Money is the big one, and Mm -hmm. connected to that is I worry about this in any nonprofit organization, um, particularly smaller ones. having the human power to make the things happen. Um, I would argue that it's a world-class festival. Um, it has two and a half staff members. Mm-hmm. There is a great deal to be done. Um, we have wonderful volunteer supports, as I've mentioned, um, but from an operational perspective, it's really the tiny staff team. So a challenge is making sure um, that we have manageable workloads and that we take care of ourselves and that we take care of each other and and be realistic about what's achievable with with a small team. I think that's that's probably true for for a lot of arts and justice based organizations. Um, burnout is real, and I think it's important to name. Well, yes, most definitely. Um, it, it's I would argue maybe not in the same way birds are, but it's it's quite magical that a place that I don't think is even in the top twenty of the biggest places in Ontario anymore, never mind Canada, has this and uh like has a festival like this and there's places that are you know 
five times larger than us that don't or anything close to it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so um, you mentioned opening night that, uh, yeah, you're hoping happens. So uh, is there anything you can say about what will happen at opening night or at uh that that's coming up that the public can know about. I mean, it is on the website now, but yeah, I can. Yes. Um, So we're really excited to be able to announce um, that the opening night film will be all the beauty and the bloodshed, uh, which Mm. is a film um, by filmmaker, Laura uh, Poitras, which features the remarkable activist and artist. Most uh, folks will be familiar with a lot of um, her work from her photography in the 70s, uh, which is quite quite remarkable, illuminating work. Um, so the artist Nan Golden and her fight against the Sackler family, um, which is the pharmaceutical dynasty that is largely responsible for the opioid and overdose crisis um, that much of the world is experiencing. Um, it is an incredibly engaging film. Um, it's not not an easy watch. It certainly comes with a content warning. This is, will not be an event to bring kids to. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also would like to underline that this event is not included in any of the virtual festival experience. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get this film as a virtual film. Um, licensing around that um, in-person versus virtual is a bit of a, a tricky thing to navigate, um, which Amy does so brilliantly. Um, so if you would like to see that film, um, please do come in person. Masks will be mandatory um, at the event. Um, and yeah, we're, we will be hoping to have a few extra lovely little little introductory items, possibly some poetry, possibly some music. Um, and we will be hosting a reception in the next home studio downstairs at Showplace for those who feel comfortable just to to raise a glass to to being together again in in this way to to celebrate film and justice and community. Mm-hmm. And that's January 23rd, am I correct? Is that the correct date? That's January 26th. Oh, January 26th. Okay. January. Opening day of the festival, uh, right. which is a Thursday evening. So everything right. launches on the Thursday. And then there's the nine full days of, of uh, virtual viewing as well. Right. And I, I don't want to give away too much about the film, but uh, I believe the director of that is Laura Potra, is that not right? Or, yeah, yeah. That's You're correct. Yeah. Sorry to say your name. We've been behind quite a few things like Edward Snowden's film and things like that. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Award-winning, uh, Academy Award-winning even. Right. And um, the main star of the show you're mentioning, and then she had, was she someone who had something to do with the um, art pieces being removed like at the uh, – gallery in new york like yes okay leveraging um, her platform as a very famous and influential artist um so lobbying uh, galleries not to um to take taking the work out um as a as a means of putting pressure on the sackler family um, and and illuminating this important issue so that's pretty it's it's a very it's a very engaging film i think it's a Many have argued the most important film of the year, so we are delighted um, to to have the opportunity to share it. Right. Now, as you've mentioned many times, it's Amy Siegel's uh, deciding on program uh, mm-hmm. direction and that for the festival. But is there um, is there anything like we should be 
like the the thing I find great about the festival, it's mixed like the local with the the outside world quite well. Is there anything I guess we're to be expecting for Reframe twenty twenty three content wise? Um, well, some of the themes that have been emerging are um, climate change, uh, art making as activism, the opioid crisis, um, and environmental racism. Um, mm-hmm. We we are actually releasing today a sneak peek of films, um, so you'll, oh. we'll be seeing that um, via our e-newsletter and local media. The press release has, um, I believe, just been clicked out this morning. I think it's out. Um, so uh, one thing, unfortunately, um, we didn't have very many local film submissions. I believe they, all mm. of the local film submissions were accepted. So there are, are three um, Peterborough films, all of which um, are, are quite wonderful in their own way. Um, mm. We have um, Our Glorious Bodies, which is um, a short film exploring um the beauty of diversity and ability mm-hmm. and um looking at disability from a number of different crowdsourced um community images and it's all um, the whole pieces um woven together through poetry which is quite beautiful um we also will have um a local offering by the i don't think it would be reframe without a rob discardis film um but mm-hmm. rob and paradigm pictures um have submitted fault lines which is about um uh, people work and uh the COVID 19 pandemic and challenges that folks have faced uh, we also have a sweet film called choices which is by a group a lot of folks may be familiar with uh, old men dancing Um, and during the pandemic um, they put together remotely a film with each of the members exploring um, you know the Robert Frost poem The Road Not Taken and looking Mm -hmm. at life's defining choices sort of through the lens of um, of an aging perspective. Um, We have uh, tons of amazing Canadian films. Um, Eternal Spring, which is uh, Canada's submission to the Academy Awards this year uh, from director Jason Loftus, uh, which is about uh, state TV signal in China um, getting hacked by members of the band's virtual group, the Falun Gong. Um, mm-hmm. is wonderful. Uh, a really brilliant film is OK, the ASD band film, which is by filmmaker Mark Bone. Um, and four musicians on the autism spectrum uh, form a band and embark on creating an album together. It's really gorgeous and joyful. Um, another exciting film is called Framing Agnes, which is a film by uh, Chase Joint. And um, it's looking at a a 1950s gender clinic and has enlisted a cast of trans actors to um, kind of turn a talk show inside out and looking at the legacy of a young trans woman who was um oh underwent some pretty horrible things um, and was kind of forced to choose between um authenticity and access Mm. So there's some wonderful stuff. There's some great music uh, docs this year. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's. I'm I'm just amazed at the program. I think I think people will be very pleased. With, yes. Uh, with with Amy and the program committee's work. 
Yeah, just uh, just a final point. I think like last year anyway, and maybe it's true in the past too. Like some of them uh, were ones that were played at TIFF. Is that is that the case this year? Like you had some that were played at previous festivals at least that you. Yeah, there will there will be a couple for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't think off the top of my head which ones. Or at least, uh, if not TIFF, sorry, I, I think I'm also thinking of hot dogs as well, or something that's maybe played there. More maybe. likely, there's uh, there will certainly yeah. be crossover with other festivals. Mm-hmm. There, there, there always is. Mm-hmm. In yeah, the, in, the, in the Canadian doc festival film world, there's yeah, there's there's certainly always some overlap. Right. No, I uh, I know it's yeah, not Canadian content, and you were the only ones playing it. But I was quite touched last year by. I guess because the number of the cast has died this year, but uh, uh, I was quite touched by the de- documentary on Sesame Street this sh- uh, last that you had last year. That was uh, was quite a touching thing for someone who grew up in the seventies, like I was. Oh, I was yeah. quite. That was quite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Oh, yeah. yeah. How the gang got together. I should be able to remember the name. Yes, of it was something like that. Yes. It was, yeah. Yes. It was, yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I was raised on Sesame Street as well. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll be watching vintage stuff. I have a three-month-old nibbling. My my brother and his partner have procreated and made the most gorgeous little baby. Oh, lovely. Um, are already thinking about, well, I don't know about this modern Sesame Street. I think he's going <laughs> to get some 70s and 80s. He's going to get some Buffy St. Marie. He's gonna, um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's just, imagine. yes, Buffy St. Marie, or yeah, without a Jim Henson touch, not quite the same. but Right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. I was just wanting to, uh, like, um, pursue reframe and just uh have something out there well before it's coming out and have public aware of it so uh thank you very much for helping me out that way so oh thank you tim i so so appreciate your taking taking the time and making this opportunity to help spread the word it's yes. yeah, so so great of you thank you so much okay and uh best wishes for you over the holidays as well likewise all the best all right, to you. <laughs> all right. okay all right thank you very much thank okay. you Bye-bye. Yeah, bye bye Just throw some glitter on it, honey